0: This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture—it's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.
1: Welcome to the Blue White Breakdown, presented by Penn Live. I'm John McGonigal. Dave Jones is here with us. Where's Where is Bob? Where is Bob? Where is Bob? He decided to take off this week. One of the busiest weeks of the year. The man knows what he's doing, Dave. He knows what he's doing. Uh, The transfer portal's open. You got a new defensive coordinator officially in now in Tom Allen. Yesterday was uh, the early signing period starting. Penn State signed 25
0: guys. A lot going on for Penn State. How do you allow this? I mean, you got to start throwing your weight around a little bit. You can't just allow him to walk away.
1: The guy tells me, look, I have X amount of PTO days left. I gotta use them before the year because they don't roll over. And, and to be fair, he offered to help with like recruiting stuff ahead of time. And I'm just like, take your time off, man. You know, like I, I took my time off in the summer, so can't complain. Um, but yeah, Dave, so we, we're recording this here on Thursday afternoon. Uh
0: how are you doing? It's too sunny. It's too bright for an old man. Today is the winter solstice. Is it? This is, yes, it is. So this is as low as the sun ever is on the horizon in the north, and it's coming straight in the windows, and this n- never happens. Of course, we never tape at one thirty either. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. But here, here we are.
1: Um, you, where do you want to start, Dave? You want to start with, I can get into a little bit more signing day. Your,
0: get your recruiting stuff out of the way, and I'll just sit here with my coffee, all right? Do that.
1: Well, really quick, uh, you know, two, I guess it was two hours ago at this point, Penn State actually got a commit for the 2025 class uh, from Central Catholic, uh, Xavier Thomas, defensive back. Are you sure it's not Xavier? It might be. two X's. There's two X's. He spells Xavier or Xavier, X-X-A-V-I-E-R. So
0: uh, we'll have to ask him that at some point, Dave. But, you know, St. Joe's, St. Joe's basketball has a guy who's X-Z-X. ZX, and he's X Xavier. I love that. I love that. Well, how many X's is too many? You know, what do you, that's the first question you got to ask the kid. Have you talked to him yet? No, I haven't. Why uh, like, two? Yeah. 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 Dos, you, you know, his he's got to be named Dos Equis, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dave, I think he's like 16 years old, so he can't even, he can't even think about having well,
0: You're right a up. sports rider. You get it started. <laughs> they do that in the South. Doseckies. That's true. just sad.
1: <laughs> so it, it was funny though, David. You know, I was talking to Terry Smith yesterday after you know all the all the recruits come in and you know they made they made Tom Allen available to us, James Franklin, and then some of the you know the defensive and offensive recruiting coordinators, and Terry is the guy on the defense, uh, Pittsburgh guy. And I asked him about Central Catholic and his relationship with those guys there, a powerhouse program in Pittsburgh. Uh mm-hmm. that got two guys, you know, coming to Penn State in the 2024 class. Uh, linebacker Anthony Specka and wide receiver Peter Gonzalez, and Terry gave a hint. And he said, "Hey, look, we've had we have a great re- you know relationship with Central Catholic. We're going to continue to recruit those guys." And he said, "Look out for a, a you know a piece of news coming tomorrow, you know from Central Catholic." And I was wondering, I'm like, "All right, you know who, who is it? Can I pre-write this, uh, you know, to, to lessen the load a little bit?" And then I look, and there's like four guys at least on their roster uh, who could very well go to Penn State. You know, there's
0: 2027 20, defensive back Larry. Moon. You're getting into a little inside baseball. People probably don't know that if you can, you pre-write things, right? Yes. yes, just to make your just to make your life easier. Yeah, yeah, to be ready, to be ready because immediacy is everything these days. So, so did you pre-write all four, or would you do? No,
1: I, I said, look, I, I'm not going to pre-write all four. Yesterday was a long day. You know, signing day, getting started at. You know, six forty five, seven in the morning, driving back from State College after all the press conferences. I'm like, I'm I'm not pre writing four guys. But you, know, you have like, had, if you had had time, you might have. I might have, yes, yeah. yes. If I had time, I, I definitely and I probably thrown have away the other three. Exactly, because that's what we can do, or just save them because there's a chance that they still get some of those guys from Central. But anyway, but
0: you, you people have no idea the stuff we throw away that is not that is unused, especially on deadline writing. Yeah, I mean the the 05 the post 05 orange bowl are you familiar with that game oh, yeah. it was before you were even college when how old were you i you was
1: i was yeah i was in high school yeah well no not even not even i was in like 7th grade
0: you were 13 all right so this thing it was a late start anyway and then it goes on and on and on and kevin kelly and the florida state kicker cannot kick the winning field goal and i think the thing ended at 1 and we had written all of us had written so many leads already that we just threw away, threw away, threw away, threw away because nothing ever came true. And by the end of that game, the 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 you have to get done by a certain time. You're just making stuff up. I mean, you're really just kind of writing free form gibberish, you know, that 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 will fit in no matter what. And I, I still have never looked at that that column I wrote because. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be disappointed. But the people do that all the time. That's just a little uh, a little inside stuff that we, we probably shouldn't tell. But that's, that's yeah.
1: You know, it's a part of the job. I bet you your you know I I definitely have, have you know thrown away stories or leads uh, over the years. But I bet you your lead graveyard is is pretty pretty stacked.
0: I I simply learned that when you try for me when you try to write stuff ahead of time especially me because I'm known for declaring that things are going to happen and then they don't happen, yep. which is why I'm Jinxie the black cat. Yep. So if I write a lead ahead of time, it's not going to happen anyway. I've just learned. And the older you get, the better you are on deadline. And I can pump out probably 500 words in 10 minutes that, that were early in my career, I was a lot less secure that you could do that. And you learn and learn and learn and as you get older, you get more relaxed on deadline. But when you're in your twenties and thirties and you're on deadline like that, you can get really, <laughs> really anxious and the words won't come. And you just do whatever you have to do. But as you get older, it gets it gets better. Well, I remember, you know, learning that we're getting really off topic, but learning it doesn't that. Matter
1: yeah who cares uh learning that big time uh you know when i was a student at the collegian and i was covering college basketball for the first time i was covering pat state and pat chambers and those guys and college basketball is one i mean you know probably better than anyone dave that like it's I mean those games change in the final 20 seconds and then you just scrap a story and you have to start over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they usually read and then, but then, and then, but then. <laughs> and then with yeah. then with 1 minute 7 seconds left. <laughs> and then with
1: 57 seconds left and it's just like, conscious." So <laughs> yeah.
0: This is the Blue White Breakdown. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. All right, we're born the hell out of everyone, but it's my fault. Okay, so so uh, I'm curious, what did you think of Tom Allen?
1: Yeah, I I thought he was kind of as expected. Like you hear him talk over the years in Indiana. Um, nothing that he said really surprised me. Really, like my question going into it, and I think a lot of people's questions going into it is like why. Like, why are you taking this job when you just got a fifteen and a half million dollar buyout? Because yeah, I just love football. I gotta get back in. That's basically what he said, Dave. He <laughs> said, I'm a football guy. This is what I this is he's what a, I
0: do. He's a junkie. That's why.
1: Yeah. He's a he's a glutton for punishment, I guess.
0: Um he's a junkie. Yeah.
1: But then again, you know, glutton for punishment. I mean, this he's coming into a defense with even though you're losing uh, you know, Adisa Isaac, Chop Robinson, you know, Curtis Jacobs, a lot of talent on this defense. Like he's coming into it with with a Pretty pretty stacked group still, even you know, Deni Dennis Sutton and Abdul Carter. The list kind of goes on on this defense. And so he talked about the excitement of, about coming into Penn State and um, you know having that kind of talent available to him. He talked about how much respect he's had for Penn State and James Franklin from afar. You know, being in the Big Ten East for seven years as a head coach and in 2016 as a defensive coordinator, he kind of has a unique perspective on what and how Penn state has kind of built itself or rebuilt itself uh, over the last 10 years with James Franklin. Uh, So that was interesting to hear as well, but I'm curious just what your thoughts are on the hire, right? Because when Manny Diaz was hired, you know, after the 2021 season, a lot of people was like, okay, this is kind of a no brainer. Uh, A lot of people really love the hire. And, I don't know if it's because he comes from Indiana or or what, but it feels like it's been a little bit more like, hey, we're optimistic, but like we'll see, kind of deal on Tom, at least from like you know the fan
0: base. There's two ways to look at it. Um, If you know anything about Tom Allen, I don't think he ever intended to be a head coach. He is a pure DC. Um, I happen to know about him from South Florida uh, because I know a uh, former uh, South Florida quarterback and his father, who was a a, um, and a former Penn State quarterback, uh, Stephen Bench. Remember Stephen Bench? Yeah. yeah. back up to uh, Matt McGloin. Okay. Yep, yep. Yeah. And um, when, you know, it was a weird circumstance how Tom Allen became head coach at Indiana. A lot of people probably don't remember because they they ignore Indiana, just like people ignore Penn State basketball. I've always compared Indiana football, Penn State basketball. In Indiana basketball, Penn State football, they're, they're kind of like reverse doppelgangers. But, but Kevin Wilson was the head coach uh, who was a, a kind of a, a legendary figure inside, inside offensive football um, at Indiana. Uh, he was one of the very, very first forerunners of the spread option offense at Northwestern back in, in 2000 with Randy Walker. He was Randy's OC. And if you recall... Northwestern just burst on the scene, and no one could stop that spread option because people had big, blocky linebackers out there trying to cover five wideouts. And it was new. Uh, Rich Rodriguez had pretty much been the innovator, but Kevin Wilson was right there on on the cutting edge of that offense. And he was an offensive mad scientist, a mastermind, went down to Oklahoma, set records with Oklahoma's offense and the the mid ots and then came back and worked for uh, uh, Urban Meyer for a little bit. Yeah, Urban Meyer for just a little bit, and then got a head coaching gig at Indiana, and um, he was run out of there after uh, a a sort of a, I don't know if you call it a scandal, but he was (laughs) emotionally and verbally abusing players. I don't think Tom Allen ever intended to be a head coach, but then he's thrust into this job. He does it pretty well. Uh, I believe that was 2016, 2016. I I think he was uh, the DC and then, then they did it so well that it's, it's Indiana. They said, okay, here's the job. You get the job. And I think what I'm trying to say is I think Tom Allen was always a DC at heart, but if you get, a head coaching job, it's not like you're going to throw it away. Uh, the, especially the last 10 years, the, sal- the amount of money you can make you can, we could name all sorts of coordinators who we're, were thinking right away, this guy should probably just stay a coordinator, But the money is like this, man. I mean, you triple your salary, and in the old days, that meant, you know, 600,000 instead of 200,000. Now we're talking about millions, millions of dollars. You can't say no. You can't say no. Um, And and there are a few DCs like Phil Parker at Iowa who just don't have the personality to be a head coach. And they know know who they are and they know their ceiling and they don't want to. I imagine Phil Parker probably has had offers to be a head coach in the Mac or the Sun Belt or something like that. And he just said, no, I'm happy where I am. I'm making a million three here at Iowa. I'm going to keep this job. I'm going to keep or, or certainly could have made more money as a D.C. than he's making in Iowa. He knew who he was. But a lot of guys, they know who they are, too. But they can't say no to the money. Um, Tom Allen really didn't have any choice. They chose him. And then he, he did a really good job in Indiana for quite a while. I mean, he has very good connections in Florida. He was a high school coach in Tampa for five years. Then he was the D.C. at South Florida for a year. Um, a pretty good gap in there. But he has co- connections all sorts of all, all over Florida. I think he's going to be a sneaky good recruiter for James Franklin. And if, if you look at him, he kind of looks like an Indiana country boy, and that's what he is. But, I mean, he got Michael Penix out of, out of Tampa. And that's, that's not nothing, man. I mean, he couldn't keep him because they're Indiana. But if he's Penn State, they keep him. Yeah. And and
1: that's a thing, a a part of this is you look at Tom Allen, you mentioned his background in Florida. Penn State already has Jaywon Sider, the running backs coach, uh, who is so tied to Florida and does a really good job recruiting there. There's a chance that it might not be this cycle, but next cycle. That Jaywan Sider becomes a head coach somewhere, or at least an offensive coordinator somewhere, if he wants to, it, that feels more like a a hey, Charles Huff situation. Like I'm going to wait for a you know he ended up going to Alabama and then
0: becoming a head coach. But um you Charles in their game the, the other night. In the I market. didn't know. <laughs> Was it bad? Yeah, well, well, you know he, he, they blew a big lead. They looked like they were going to run the, run the other team out of the joint, and then. Then they uh, it was it was uh, Texas San Antonio. They were playing Oh, UTSA. Yeah. Yeah. And then they didn't. Did Frank Harris play in that game? The quarterback for UTSA? I don't, I wasn't paying enough attention to know. I just I just was, you know, it's one of those things. It's trash bowl season. You're kind of looking up, looking up. You probably you probably know guys who bet these like crazy, right?
1: Yeah, there are some real sickers <laughs> out there. I'm not, I'm not one of them. I'm not that level. Uh, there are some real sickos out there, Dave.
0: <laughs> That's why these games are on, though. That's why they're on. Now, you, a lot of times, there's nobody in the stadiums, but it doesn't matter. And, anyway, I got far afield. Anyway, I mean, no, there. I mean,
1: yeah. there was a really good point though you made with Tom Allen and and you know him being a D coordinator and kind of just being thrusted into this head coaching gig and keeping it for seven years at Indiana. One of the biggest questions that James Franklin had, you know, and you know, we asked Tom Allen, like, why did you take this job? The, the question to James is, why did you hire him? Um, and that's not meant in like a negative way. It's just genuinely, hey, follow up. Why? You hire this guy. Why? And I think the biggest question that James had, or at least that's how he articulated it to us yesterday uh, during his press conference, was when you have a head coach, you know, who like, you know, Manny or whoever uh, that you're hiring or looking at for a coordinator role, you want to make sure that they can still talk ball. That they that that it's not going to be rusty for them to come in and call plays again. Because sometimes, as a head coach in college football specifically, you're, you're a CEO. A, yeah. You're a CEO of an organization. You can get drawn every which way. Um, and James said that when Tom talked to him and the other defensive staffers uh, that Penn State has in the Lash Building, that it was obvious that he's. You know, whether he was calling plays or not at Indiana, because it was kind of on and off again, depending on which defensive coordinator they had and who was leaving and whatever. Um, but it was obvious to James Franklin and his staff that he was still very in tune you know, with defensive play, calling scheme, fundamentals, everything that you kind of want and need uh, in a defensive coordinator, especially if you're James Franklin, who has an offensive background and, and
0: kind of wa- he wants a head coach of the defense uh, to, to handle everything. I think it's there, there, there are a couple of the same reasons that you hire Manny Diaz is it's really useful for a head coach to have another head coach on the staff. And this guy isn't just a head coach. He ran a Big Ten program for seven years. He can fill in all the little gaps that, that he knows Franklin needs without being asked. He knows what a head coach has to deal with. So that's good. Um, also, I think unlike Diaz, I don't. I think Tom Allen would be happy if he never was a head coach again. And you heard the answer. I forget. Tyler, Tyler asked the question. It was a really good question. Uh, Do you remember how he asked that question? Because
1: I can't remember. No, I just I I remember that. Yeah, you're talking Tyler Donahue, twenty four seven, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and Tom's out. Tom's Tom's answer was really good because he knew it was a good question. It's about getting back into what you're talking about, being into a pure coordinator because that's who he is. I don't think he ever wanted to be a, a big time college head coach. He was a high school head coach. Um, he was a small college head coach, but he never he never looked to be one of these guys that he became that was just thrust onto him. I think in his pure best life, and you heard him. He's like, I want to get back in their room and 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 have small groups of people and talk to guys individually and maybe watch tape with them. That's who he is. He's, he 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 did an admirable job under a situation where you've got a third of the resources of Penn State, and he had it going there for a couple of years, and then he loses Kalen DeBoer, <laughs> his coordinator, to Washington. And then the portal happens, and then Penix is out the door a year later, and then Kalen DeBoer went to Fresno. He ends up at Washington. Penix follows him. It's it's a no-win situation when you're in a place like Indiana. And it's why Indiana, in the next generation of college football, in a few years, I don't know how many years, but Indiana's not going to be in it. It's going to be 32 teams, 40 teams, 26 teams, whatever, at the elite level of college football and they're going to play in their own league like the NFL and Indiana will not be there because Indiana does not belong in a league with Penn state. Honestly, they don't, they don't. No one in Indiana cares about college football. They care about basketball. It's, it's the exact opposite. And it's hard, man. It's hard to run a program like Indiana. And when people say, well, why do we, why are we hang somebody from Indiana? I don't understand this. <laughs> they got no idea the challenges that Tom Allen faced and met for a while, but I think the portal really hurt him. NIL really hurt him. I mean, I think the biggest sugar daddy Indiana football has is John Mellencamp. I mean, they I don't think they have many, you know? I don't know specifically. I know he's one, but it it's just like it, it's it's hard. It's like playing checkers and everyone else is playing chess. So I don't the, the question I have about Allen is I don't know, he's never had all these resources, and he's never had this many high-end talents, guys with real gift. Um, But I think he's going to be like a kid in a candy store, at least for Penn State fans. I hope that's true because all of a sudden he's going to have a lot of guys who can do everything instead of a few guys who can do some things and having to arrange them. Uh, This is the first job he's had in 31 years where he – is all of a sudden on the Tiffany block, is the way I put it. He has always been on corner stores every damn job he's ever had, even the Power Five jobs he's had. Uh, or they're, they're Mississippi and Indiana. And th- that's not the power strata that he's in now. So the money is big, but the expectations are big also. And that's what I wonder about. Yeah,
1: and you can already tell though that he's excited for the for the opportunity. He looks
0: like he he looks like he really wants to get at it. And that's what I liked. I mean, you talk about a guy who there are people who say people in your generation, what are you, Y generation or Z generation? What are you? I have no idea. Are you Gen Y? Is it
1: I think I'm technically a millennial?
0: I'm 30 oh, years old. I don't there know. are people you understand who say that there's no energy in this generation. They're not high energy people. Tom Allen is like like your favorite gym teacher. Is like, okay, what are we going to do today? You know, <laughs> <It's laughs> softball time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> Which is great because you easily it's like plugged into a socket all the time. And yeah. I suspect, I hope that he's going to be able to make that transition.
1: Yeah. And, and not only from the press conference, you could sense that excitement, you know, on signing day in the morning, uh, you know, Penn State has this live feed that whenever the kids, you know, whenever those you know, the prospects commit, become official, they bring them up on, you know, FaceTime or Zoom or whatever it is. Uh, with everyone in the room in the Lash building and Tom Allen was there and you could tell that he was already (laughs) talking, talking to these guys. I mean, some of them he recruited, uh, like John Mitchell and Antoine Belgrave shorter, a couple of defensive backs from Jacksonville. Uh, he recruited them when he was at Indiana. So he already has some relationships, um, there. Uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting to see him already be kind of you know, very into it. You could you could just tell right from the bat. Um, and and it was like kind of you know I guess it's easy too when you know your first day really there or on the job. I he, I don't think he's technically on the job yet, but he is in the facility and wearing State gear and all that. You know, for your first day to be signing day when it's hey just kind of a celebration for uh, these staffers. I'm sure I'm sure some of the defensive staffers are just like we put in all this work to get all these kids you know, to come in and then Tom just gets to come in and him. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was, a, it was a good day for Penn state overall. I mean, just getting into signing day a little bit. I mean, they had 25 verbal commitments in the 2024 class. They signed all of them. Uh, no drama. Uh, and I think a big part of that was, and James Franklin alluded to this and mentioned this in his press conference is that they were able to get their two, you know, coordinators hired and in before signing day, you know, Manny Diaz leaves for Duke two weeks later, you got Tom Allen. Uh, Mike Yurcich is fired after Michigan. You get Andy Kotelnicki at the start of the month uh, to talk to Ethan Gronkmeyer, the quarterback from Ohio, Quentin Martin, the running back from Belvern These these four star guys who you know have been committed to Penn State for a very long time, but also I'm sure we're hearing for others you know from other schools when their respective coordinators that had such a big role in recruiting them ended up leaving or getting fired. In yeah, Maryland. and
0: if 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 you're Indiana. Can you replace these guys with with those guys that quickly? Hell no! I mean, Allen never never replaced Kal- Kalen DeBoer. Really, he never had that kind of guy. He he had him for a couple of years, but now you can see what he's doing. on I mean, it's one of the best coach one of the best coach teams in Power Five in the, in the whole country is Washington, and he, he never would have been able to pull that off at in Indiana. But when you have the resource resources of Penn State, you can do what James Franklin's doing because they know. It's the top level. Who wouldn't? Who would turn him down? You, you you have to have a head coaching offer to turn him down.
1: Right. Yeah. And and this is you look at the talent that's coming in. It's a top fifteen class nationally. If you look at twenty four seven sports, I believe they're ranked second in the Big Ten, uh, behind only Ohio State and I ahead think. of Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan was was down there. Were they tenth nationally? Is that right? I think Penn State. Or yeah. I think they were around fourteen or fifteen. Okay. Um, but still, uh, it, it's a really good class. I think it was a good mix, too, of like the obvious talents. You know, I mentioned Ethan, you know, but the, you got you got risers in the class like they're getting in early on a lot of these guys, too, which is really nice to see. Um, I mean, look at Drew Aller's commitment. You know, he was a three star under the radar quarterback, and then he kind of blossoms into that five star. Similar deal with Ethan Gronkmeyer, the quarterback out of Ohio. He's,
0: he's a four star, isn't he?
1: He was a four-star. I think ESPN has him rated as high as the number five quarterback in the class. Uh, you know, this time last year, Ethan Gronkmeyer had one offer, and it was Miami of Ohio. Uh, and it, it took until April uh, for Penn State to and Mike Yersich to go see him again and then eventually offer, and he commits. And so I think Penn State is a real – you look at quarterback first in these classes – uh, I think they got a good one in Ethan Gronkmeyer. He's sales. an
0: interest. He seems like an interesting kid, and that's is, that's yeah. Ohio State's backyard. That's essentially Columbus where he's from. Yep. and he seems like a very interesting kid, and he's somebody uh, that would be good to do a feature on. Yeah, and he uh, he
1: has an NIL deal already, Dave, with Express. He was uh, he was dressed to the nines for signing day on Wednesday. So. What's Express? <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> But it was, no, it was... It, it was one express. <laughs> Ethan Ethan's a good, he's a good kid. He's a good dude. And and there's a connection there too, because uh, you know his personal quarterbacks coach um, is the same as Drew Allers, Brad Mendler uh, from QB Accelerate out in Ohio. So they've kind of got a little mini pipeline there, I guess. Uh, I don't know if two guys constitutes a pipeline, but uh, still, James Franklin said, hey, if, if we can just keep getting... High level quarterbacks from Ohio, sure. I'm in. Um, but you know, there's a lot of interesting tidbits about this class too. There's three sets of teammates in high school. You look at uh Corey Smith and Donovan Harbour uh from Wisconsin, Catholic Memorial out there. I mentioned uh John Mitchell, uh, and Antoine Belgrave uh shorter uh from Mandarin High School in Jacksonville. And then, you know, in I mentioned Central Catholic at the top of this podcast, Anthony Specka and Peter Gonzalez. Uh, from there. So, a lot of familiarity between these guys. Uh, and, and a lot of them have been committed for a long time. I mean, you, know, you look at Cooper Cousins, the first guy in the class committed like what felt like five years ago uh, from Erie McDowell. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is a good class overall. I, I think it's one that James Franklin is comfortable with, the fan base is comfortable and happy with, uh, and rightfully so.
0: I don't know what's going to happen with these two coordinators, but I know they can coach both of them um maybe they're not as sexy hires certainly not as Manny Diaz and and Mike Yersich was kind of a sexy hire people knew who he was had coached dynamic offenses well uh, Lance Leipold knows knows exactly who can coach ball and he he had an OC who was it was a very hot commodity around now who watches Kansas not a lot of people watch Kansas but but i have i suspect that that guy really knows what he's doing and I know damn well that Tom Mellon knows what he's doing. So I know both these guys can, can coach ball, and they, they're, they're going to love being coordinators at this place. Absolutely. No, and I
1: mentioned just one last bit on the recruiting end. I talked about the quarterback, uh, the number one prospect in Pennsylvania, staying, uh, you know, staying home at, at Penn State, Quentin Martin from Belverne, the running back. He, he's one to keep an eye on for next season. Uh, Andy Kotelnicki, the new offensive coordinator, uh, loves to use his running backs out of the backfield and just you know get his best playmakers in space, even in a running back room with Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Don't be surprised if Quentin Martin uh, – <laughs> don't be surprised if he gets the ball uh, in 2024. A lot of these guys will be enrolling early as well. I don't have the full list in front of me, but uh, I, it's more than half the class. Uh, so they'll be getting in for spring ball, for winter conditioning, all that kind of good stuff. So um, more to come on that, though, in the coming days. Uh, Dave, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Have you watched any
0: old Miss? Not yet. I haven't had time.
1: <laughs> I, I haven't had time yet. I, I will though um, in the next couple of days. I'm going to be breaking it down. But
0: what are your thoughts initial? I think they're uh, they're, uh, they're. I'm I'm not sure. I don't think they're a fantastic offense, but I think they're really good. And they're coached by an offensive guru and Lane Kiffin. And I don't think. Penn State has faced an offense this good all year i th- i think when they were when they were going up against ohio State um th- their their receivers weren't uh, some of them were still banged up, and Kyle McCord never really got a groove going um and i don't i I don't think Michigan was playing all that well on offensively the last month, partly because um they were playing smash mouth because their o c was We had to be the head coach, and I think he was taking very few risks, Jerome Moore. Um, So I don't know that Penn State has played an offense this good all year. Certainly it's it's between those two. uh, These guys are a lot better than Maryland, and uh, there haven't been a lot of good offenses or a lot of good quarterbacks in the Big Ten lately. So my question is I'm pretty sure that Mississippi has played defenses at the level of Penn State's, they, they play Georgia and Alabama that they, they A&M was a really good defense, but I'm not sure Penn State's um, defense has played an offense this good. That's that would be my question about this game. And I think Penn State minus four. Is that what it is now? Boy, I would bet on this, on that, wouldn't you? I might, but would you buy, bet the money line? That's the question. To uh, well,
1: that's the thing. If you're going to take them plus four, you might as take well take them
0: just to win. Yeah, just take them to win. I think because
1: yeah. I, I think Penn State either, and again, this is uh, not like I, I've watched Ole Miss this year just like casually and being you know with the AP vote, like keeping tabs on how all these teams are doing. Um, but it feels like. This is going to be either like a you know, defensive just, you know, struggle that Penn State would love to have uh, and, and kind of just grind out like a 10, you know, 7, 10, 13. I think they're hoping for that. Then they're hoping for that. But, yeah. you know, if this gets to be like, hey, who has the ball last or something like that,
0: like I, I would lean Ole Miss to just win it. But And, and while um, neither Kyle McCord nor J.J. McCarthy was playing particularly well when Penn State played them. Jackson Dart's been playing better and better and better this season. I mean, he was in a battle for the job at the start of the season. And he, he not only won the job again, but then really improved this year. Uh, so I think it was that.
1: Yeah, and one more thing on Jackson Dart. He uses his legs and uses them well. And when you don't have Chop Robinson out there, I know Adisa Isaac will play and Denny Dennis Sutton will play. So you've got really talented DNs to not only pressure the quarterback but keep contain and, and all those good things. Uh, they, they could miss Chop out there. Uh, because he's such a menace off the edge, and just kind of puts the quarterback in conflict so early in his progressions uh, that without Chop, um, you know, I think Adisa's played at a really high level this year, but you know, they they could be missing Chop out there. But yeah, and they're
0: going to get the ball out or or hand it to Judkins and yeah, get he's a a, he's up. a stud. He's a stud, yeah, man. I mean, they've got they've got a lot of different facets of that offense working well. And uh, we don't know what the hell Penn state's offense is going to put out there. And, and it's probably going to be what it's always been. So Penn state needs to keep this, uh, I think in a foam booth, and I don't know if they can. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, We'll see Dave.
1: Well, Hey, it was great catching up with you. I guess I'll, I'll see you in Atlanta next, right? Yep. yep. All right. Well, have a good Christmas and, and all that. And uh, everyone listening, uh, be sure to keep tabs on the blue, white breakdown uh, on your feeds uh, be sure to subscribe to our tech subscriber base where you can you know, get commentary and thoughts and interact with me, Dave, Bob, uh, Joe Hermit, our photographer ahead of the Peach Bowl after signing day, transfer portal is open. A lot of stuff is going to be happening. So, uh, but everyone have a, a great you know, weekend upcoming and, and happy holidays. And
0: we'll see you in Hat, Atlanta. This has been the Blue White Breakdown brought to you by Live.